Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listening across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour, brand new week, game week. Louisiana Tech coming into town as uh, we all hope and uh, the plan is for them. Uh, even this morning, plans confirmed for Louisiana Tech to be in the Rock this coming Saturday night, nationally televised game on ESPN2, and uh, we'll talk about it here in a few minutes. Good show for you today. Kelly Sander and I will uh, toss it around, uh, look at what Conference USA did this past weekend, as well as a few NFL games. Jonathan Gary, a former offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles, uh, blocked for Austin Davis on that 2011 Conference Championship team joining us in the second segment. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation will be joining us here in just a moment before we get to Heath. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a neighborhood near you. Some of the best sausage, brisket, and ribs uh, around. Stop in uh, to your local Dickie's or uh, or have them bring it to you. So uh, Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. It is Monday, and uh, Lee Roberts had some stuff come up today and couldn't join us, uh, so he's going to be joining us later in the week. Luke Johnson live uh, from the First Bank Studios in beautiful downtown Laurel. Brandon in Hattiesburg producing. Bob out for a few more days, uh, but we're happy to have you with us. Heath Hinton of Big Old Nation uh, slides from his Tuesday slot to Monday. Heath and I uh, just a little while ago were uh, joined the uh, Zoom press conference today with Southern Miss interim head coach Scotty Walden, Matt Kubik, offensive coordinator, and Tony Pecoraro, the defensive coordinator, all uh, available today. A lot of questions um, and a lot of answers really shared. And here to uh, discuss some more of that, Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. Heath, uh, how's your weekend, man? Man, it's been uh, pretty good. Um, glad to talk to you. So uh, we were in that that press conference. Uh, you were you were actively involved. I just was kind of ears in there, but. Um, I just, I, I guess I first want to share because sometimes Golden Eagle fans, they just read the quotes. They can't necessarily in COVID world right now see, but Scotty Walden has really done a great job communicating and, uh, really jumping in and, and providing a whole lot of energy in these press conferences. I like what I'm hearing from Scotty. I, it seems like there's just a new energy around the football team. Also, it just seems like he's doing more as far as nutrition, uh, communicating. It, it, it just seems like there's a new attitude around Southern Miss. And, um, you know, it, it seems to be transferring to the players as well. So, Scotty Walden brings up a, a few different things. I guess one of the biggest questions we had going in um, to this coming Saturday night, who's going to be the play caller uh, with Scotty Walden's offensive background. But Scotty Walden again today, or uh, today really uh, letting everybody know that Matt Kubik 
will be the play caller. And Heath, what I heard from from Scotty was, you know, uh, you cannot put in, you know, new. You can you can uh, twist some things. You can change little things, but there's no way you can you overhaul an entire offense. And Scotty wants his players, wants Southern Miss players. I think he said, a clear mind creates. Fast feet, and so Matt Kubik, the play caller, uh, they will. You know, you probably will see a few different wrinkles. But I was glad that going into this, everybody knows where the calls are coming from. I liked it as well, and of course, you know, Scotty does have ultimate authority in that situation. So if he wants to change something, of course he can. I think you're going to see. Uh, I think you're going to see Coach Kubik probably open it up a little bit because, as I said in that previous week, the offense we saw. Two Saturday, or well, you know, against South Alabama, was not the same offense that I watched from Louisiana Monroe the past two seasons before watching film on them. So I think you're going to see Coach Kubik, Coach Walden, maybe let up the reins a little bit, and the offense is going to be there's going to be more facets to the offense going forward. I like the idea of just letting Kubik stay as a play caller, but then you know, Scotty, as a play caller in the past, does have final say. And I do think it was the right move. You're not going to reinvent the wheel in two weeks. You're not going to do that. So leave him as a play caller and allowing him to open things up more, I think that's the right move going forward. One of the questions that you asked um, Coach Walden was, you know, some of the changes at practice. And and he told us about something they're doing really to start off practice every day, calling uh, the, the eagle drill. They basically call out an offensive and defensive player, and you know they get after it, and it's a way to, to generate a lot of buzz at practice. It seems like there's been more energy this past week at practice. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, talking to people, it does seem like there's been a lot more energy at practice. Practices are shortened. They're not three, three and a half hours. They're two hours. Um, they get more done in that two hours. His whole idea of practice uh, is to maximize the reps in a shorter period of time. I think that's a good move going forward. I think that's going to make the team actually more fresh later in the season. I think it's going to pay dividends. And I think, you know, we've seen in the past, it does seem like the Golden Eagles got hurt in the second part of the season. Um, a lot more than, say, some teams. So I think that change is going to be good. One big thing that he said, Luke, that I think is more important than maybe maybe you think this way too, but a lot of people may not have caught on to, was the change in nutrition. Southern Miss has a great nutrition program, and they're actually you know taking pictures of what the kids are eating. If they're not eating on campus, they got to send it in. They're keeping up with it. They're having to carry water with them everywhere they go. I think that is a, a great great uh, facet that Scotty has started to really focus on. Once again, better shaped players, clear mind, faster feet. I think he's trying to do all the right things. Yeah, it, it just appears that way. And, and just uh, in my inbox, right before I came on air, uh, coming out from the athletic department, Scotty taking to social media and just telling everybody, you know, he wants them. Uh, in in the rock this week is you know if you've got a ticket you need to be there before we get to Louisiana Tech just uh, give you a chance anything you heard from Matt Kubik Tony Pecoraro that really stood out to you today I like the uh, coach Kubik I think uh, getting creating more depth on the offensive line this past two weeks playing more players there I think that's going to help uh, Frank Gore Jr. says mature beyond his years um, coach Pecoraro interesting about Bozeman and Latham. Uh, it's the first time Southern Miss has really been open about injuries. 
there's about sixty percent chance of them to play. Uh, wants to get more guys in the D line, moving them around to figure out what pieces fit, and having Billings back on the on the defensive side of the ball seemed like Coach Peck was really happy about that. And having him having him coach the nickels and you know being in the defensive backfield, I think that's going to work really well and help Coach Peck with this defense go forward. Yeah, he seemed uh, Pecoraro seemed really you know high on the fact that Billings was back over there with him and makes sense and um, you know interesting um, that 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 has taken place. All right, looking forward to Louisiana Tech. The big question in the room. Uh, you know, 38 cases of COVID last week. Um, what did you hear today? What have you been hearing uh, as far as the game on Saturday? Well, I talked to uh, some people at Louisiana Tech, part of the Rivals uh, Network. Interesting thing, they get like 30-something players back this week. They haven't even had contact practices. They've only been practicing about 40 to 43 players. Um, they're hoping to have 70 for this weekend, but they haven't had any physicality. Um, a lot of those guys that are coming back were guys they were counting on to play. Um, they have two quarterbacks. Uh, one's probably going to get the start. Uh, they're going to play both of them. They're going to play two quarterbacks in the game. Um, the biggest deficiency from what I hear with Louisiana Tech is a cornerback. They, they're not really sure what they're going to do at that point because they – they just haven't had much practice time. They got a lot of transfers from the front seven. They think they're going to be okay there. But I think they're going to be a little susceptible on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be tough on them because they haven't been able to hit. They haven't had contact with all their COVID cases. It, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Louisiana Tech looks like because when you haven't had that much time to practice, it's hard to get a team together and it's hard to get a game plan together for Southern Miss and having to go on the road and play at that. You saw, uh, I heard Pecoraro today say that just, you know, it was tackling. That that was the big thing. Um, mm-hmm. But Louisiana Tech, they come off 10-3. and three. They, they beat Miami in uh, in the Walk-On's Independence Bowl. They lost their starting quarterback. Does this surprise you at all? About 30 seconds left. Does this surprise you at all? Southern Miss Lions came out today. Eagles are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. No, and the reason I say that, and this, and this is the only reason I say that, is because of their lack of practice. I think uh, Vegas looks at it and they said, "Man, they're not, how prepared can they possibly be going into this game?" And South Alabama, looked at Tulane, they're not a bad football team. So, I mean, you got to take that into consideration. South Alabama's not as bad as maybe a lot of people thought. Yeah. Well, Heath, appreciate your time today. I'm excited. We can get back in on the rock. Excited to see what a Scotty Walden-led um, team is going to look like. Have a great week, bro. We'll talk to you later. You too, my friend. Talk to you later. Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. Looking forward to Louisiana Tech and recapping Scotty Walden's press conference today. Good stuff from Heath, as always. We'll take a break. Former Southern Miss offensive lineman Jonathan Gary right after this on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. First day of the work week. Appreciate you joining us on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Brandon, our producer in 
Hattiesburg, Bob Getty out for a few more days, but he will be back. Game week on the Eagle Hour after a bye week, a, a coaching change, and a transition in leadership. Uh, we've got a game coming this Saturday night, and as Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation just uh, told us, uh, everything's looking like it's going to move forward. Uh, the coaches at Louisiana Tech getting back approximately 30 players from covid and uh, what we heard on the press conference today earlier with uh, with Scotty Walden um, is that he fully expects us to play Saturday night in the Rocks. Appreciate Heath being on and bringing his insight. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, right across the street from the University of Southern Mississippi. As always, you can find them online, campusbookmark.net. Great selection to get Southern Miss swag, everything you need. To cheer on the black and gold, you can find it Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. Jonathan Gary was a offensive lineman for Southern Miss from 2009 to 2012 and uh, was on that 2011 excellent uh, championship team that uh, knocked out Houston. He played for Larry Fedora, played with Austin Davis and some of those NFL players. Uh, he's been on the Eagle Hour before, and we appreciate him on today. Jonathan, I found something really funny. I was I just, you know, I always Google to see what pops up with our guest, and I found an old uh, recruiting article. This is back from December 17th, 2008, and it was where there was some talk about possibly you switching to go to Mississippi State, and you wanted to go on record and just let people know what was going on. Quote, I just want to set the record straight. There was a story that came out the other day where the writer took my words and twisted them around and made it sound like I was saying something I didn't. Coach Mullen came to visit me, and he seems like a good coach. I told Coach Mullen I appreciated him coming to see me, but I am happy with Southern Miss. Can I just publicly affirm you for that quote, brother? Yeah, that was a uh, man. That was a headache back then. I I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, there was a there was that story that went around, and immediately, man, right when it was published, I get a call from Larry Fedora, and he was losing his mind. And uh, and I, I didn't know what he was talking about, so I went and read the article, and then yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a fun season. But uh, yeah, hey man, I'm happy with Southern Miss, black and gold, until the day I die. Grew up a state fan. And, uh, man, by God's grace, I'm now a gold needle. So. That's right. I mean, you know, we're both ministers. We're all, we're all born in sin. There comes a time when our eyes are open, right? So uh, <laughs> we have to change. And that's uh, good stuff. All right, man. Um, wild week last week and uh, a page turns in Southern Miss, uh, transition in leadership. Uh, so many former players, um, like myself, love Jay Hobson. Um, appreciate the, the time and, and just pouring his life into the school. Uh, he offers his resignation. Scotty Walden takes over as an interim head coach. You went through a coaching change, not midseason, but you've been around football a long time. It's a pretty wild week, and it's pretty remarkable, the positivity and the energy that we've seen from players, reports from practice, social media. Uh, it seems like people are rallying around Scotty Walden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see the same thing. You know, there was a... Uh... Even back in 2012, when all that was going down, um, or I guess right the end of 2011, whenever that happened, uh, there was there was a talk back then of, of Blake Anderson coming on as the head coach. I don't know if you remember that, but um, all of us were really excited about it. And I think that like Scotty being on staff and having some rapport already with some of the players is going to be really helpful, and, and has already proven to be helpful. I think 
and we'll continue to be moving forward. But I do, man. I'm excited. I think uh, a lot of the fan base, the players seem to be excited. So it looks good. The future looks good. We, we spent some time, uh, Heath Hinton and I, our previous guests, we were on a, a press conference today, a weekly press conference, and offensive coordinator Matt Kubik made a comment, uh, just a question about the run game, question about um, offensive linemen, and he, he made a statement about it wasn't going to be like a hockey line, but there was going to be more rotation uh, probably in the offensive line. Now, you as a former offensive lineman at Southern Miss, does that, does that comment scare you? Is that comment normal to you? Uh, he didn't provide specifics whether it was going to be two new guards or two new tackles, but, you know, the philosophy of, of really mixing it up on the inside. No, that doesn't scare me at all. Um, I will tell you this. Offensive line is one of those unique positions, and anybody that's been following football for any amount of time will know this, but it, it is one of those positions where chemistry is really important. Football in general is that way. Offensive line is especially that way. But I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, when, when guys get reps, chemistry can be built. And I think that, that as they're practicing and as they're rotating in, um, you can learn how to play with different guys beside you. Um, like I was, I, in a lot of ways, I was the number six man um, for two years. So anybody went down on the inside of the line, whether it was a guard or, or, or the center, I would go in. Right, right guard, left guard, or center. I was the next guy up for any of those three positions. Um, I knew tackle just in case I needed to play tackle, and there was a couple of times where I did. Um, but I, I think that it can work. You know, I think what we did back then is if somebody went down, like a right guard went down, we, we might move somebody to left tackle, and I would come in and play the position that they move from. So I think there can be, you know, on offensive line, there can be rotation. And I think that what it does is it creates, you know, on the, on game day, it keeps guys fresh. And then I think throughout the week and throughout the season, what it does is it creates a really healthy competition um, between the guys on the line. Because eventually, you know, a lot of times there will just, as they get graded throughout the week, there will be a uh, – just a real open, competitive spirit to where if a guy keeps grading higher than somebody else, he's going to get more reps. Um, so I, I think that it's a really healthy thing. It doesn't scare me. Um, you know, there could be some challenges from it. There will be a learning curve and there will be chemistry that will have to be built. But I think overall that that's a really healthy move that uh, the coaching staff is, is trying to make. Arvin Fletcher played a lot of guard. He started at right tackle against South Alabama. Coker Wright was a guy um, that has played guard and tackle. What was the hardest one for you to play, just kind of being able to play all five positions? Oh, center was the hardest by far. Um, and it, it just it really depends on the situation. I mean, if it's third and long, you're playing left tackle, and you've got your hands full. But, uh, but I think just every down, if I'm looking at all four downs, I'm going to be center just because you've got to snap the ball. You gotta, in a lot of ways, you're the quarterback of the offensive line. Like you're calling, calling out Mike linebackers. You're setting the protection, no matter what it looks like. Um, and so, because of that, there's just a lot more. Uh, if the rest of the line is playing checkers, the, the center's playing chess. And uh, so, it's a head game plus being able to get down there and get down and dirty on the inside of the line. It's just, it's just a different mentality. If you're not getting movement in the front, most of the time, it's not because you're tackled; it's because you're guards and centered. Um, so there's just a different mentality that comes along with those three positions uh, that you may or may not get a tackle. Not saying those guys aren't bruisers too, because they are. 
Um, but yeah, one I of, think in my one opinion, of the things Center that, was the toughest. Go ahead. I, I just was saying that I think Center was the toughest. One of the things Scotty Walden has uh, done immediately, he's, he's less in practice time, uh, maybe an hour, um, and, and real an emphasis on it's not the amount of reps that we get, it is the maximizing the reps that we get. So we may do less reps, but we're going to do the reps that we do 100% and not take plays off. Like that philosophy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Coach Cass, Chris Capilovic was my offensive line coach, and he used to say all the time, uh, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Um, and it, it was just something. I mean, it's been six years since I've been around him for any amount of time, and uh, that still has stuck with me. And I think that uh, Scotty's on to something, and uh, I believe that, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter how much work you put in if the work is bad work. Um, so I think less work and better work is better, um, quality more than quantity. So, yeah, I do think I think that, that will pay off huge dividends for on many different levels, man. Mentality of the team, um, just fresh legs, you know, just a freshness to it. Um, higher quality reps, I think, will get them better quicker. So, yeah, I do, man. I, I love about that a, philosophy. About a minute left. I uh, can't let you go without saying this. Yesterday, Russell Wilson goes 31-35 uh, for 322 yards, four touchdowns. First quarter, there was a big play for Seattle's offense, and our buddy Austin Davis runs up on the sideline, grabs somebody, throw, throws him back in the game. Is Austin taking credit as the first-year quarterback's coach? Is he taking credit for Russell Wilson's performance yesterday? <laughs> Man, I don't know if he's taking credit for it. He's definitely having fun out there. You know, I don't know if anybody's seen the, the mic'd-up video that he, he had put out last week, but, man, he's having fun in Seattle, and uh, I wish him the best, and now, one, I did ask him a few weeks ago. He he was here in town, and I asked him, uh, I was like, what's it like being Russell Wilson's coach? And he goes, ah, oh. he said, uh, be coaching a real job. <laughs> be coaching a uh, MVP, all, a Pro Bowl quarterback, you know, it's, it's be having a real job. Uh, yeah. Just real quick, um, you're, you're in transition right now. Our listeners love hearing what you're up to. Where are you leaving? Where are you going right now? Yeah, we are, uh, we're leaving Hattiesburg, heading to Brookhaven, Mississippi. I just took a senior pastor at Hikes Retreat Baptist Church right outside of Brookhaven. Um, so we're really excited, and uh, so we'll be there here in a couple of weeks. I'll start there on October the 4th. So um, we're in transition, man, awesome. but we're really excited for the future. Thanks for being on today, Jonathan. We appreciate it. Yep. Jonathan Gary, former offensive lineman, now the pastor at Hikes Retreat Baptist Church in Brookhaven, our Brookhaven listeners. Go see Reverend Gary. He's a great dude. Kelly Sander on the Eagle Hour right after this. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Great chatting with Jonathan Gary, former offensive lineman for the Golden Eagles in that previous segment. Good stuff from the offensive lineman. I think he's become our offensive lineman expert for uh, the Eagle Hour. Thank you for joining us today on this Monday. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Brandon, our producer in Hattiesburg. Bob out for the next couple days on some uh, much-deserved R&R, and we, uh, we look forward to having him back on Wednesday third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. As the name implies, look at it on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. 
right across Highway 49 uh, from the university, right in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. Trivia night, uh, great Southern Miss memorabilia, and every single day, eight ninety five lunch that comes with a free drink. And uh, go see our friend Slade White and his crew over at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sanner joins us on the phone. Uh, Kelly had a good weekend and maybe not so good. And we'll get into some of this in a little bit. Both your teams lost. Um, Southern Miss did not lose. So I guess that's a positive. But how you doing this Monday? Well, it's, it's a Monday. Um, and, and you're right, Luke. I think teams ought to put me on the payroll to cheer cheer against them because every team I cheer for, it's unbelievable how every team I cheer for loses. It doesn't matter what sport. It doesn't matter what city. It doesn't matter the mascot. I mean, when the Bengals had that that drive that Joe Burrow led the Bengals on and sitting there watching it with a couple of other guys, I said, okay, here's how we're going to lose this game. He's going to throw another pick. There will be another fumble or we'll miss a field goal. And, of course, they're going, man, why are you talking such bad mojo, man? It's, it's, I said, you guys have been a Bengal fan too long. Well, they not only missed the field goal to send it to overtime, but the kicker pulls a muscle in doing so. So you can't just – the Bengals can't just miss a field goal. They have to get injured as well. So I appreciate you letting me vent. I'm good now. We'll, we'll get into it in here, here in just a minute. But, yeah, it was uh... – it was an exciting uh, weekend, and, and really the big story. And we'll we'll just mention this in passing. Conference USA goes one in five on the weekend. UAB loses to Miami, thirty-one to fourteen. UTEP gets blown out by Texas, fifty-nine to three. Charlotte had a, a early game with Appalachian State. Appalachian uh, kind of ran away with it um, in third and fourth quarters. They they beat Charlotte thirty-five to twenty. Uh, Louisville defeated Western Kentucky. Uh, 35-21, they scored 21 points in the second quarter. Uh, but it was a shootout out there in uh, Texas State, UTSA. And, and I thought, you know, if the one story from Conference USA football this weekend, we've made fun of the Roadrunners a lot. Texas State is a program on the rise with their coach. They uh, they played an excellent game um, last week, and uh, man, UTSA had to go into overtime. They they gave SMU every bit of their money uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, gave them every to the last second. Uh, Texas State was looked really good. UTSA with a brand new offense, kind of coming out of that Chad Morris Arkansas SMU wide open offense. Tyrone Nix's uh, defense and man, UTSA wins fifty one forty eight. And Kelly, they they kind of looked you know pretty decent out there. Well, you remember on Friday when we were talking on the Eagle Hour and we were talking about which games you know we really wanted to watch and would find interesting. Of course, the South Al two lane game we, you know we talked about, but but my conference USA game was that one, and, and that it concerns me how uh, Texas San Antonio has started because they look good. Uh, they, they certainly look better than they've been in the past. And when you sit there and look at, at UAB, you know, UAB played, a, you know, a pretty decent Miami team pretty well. Um, and then now you got UTSA that looks like, you know, they're improved. Um, so I just – and those, those teams, of course, are on the western side of the ledger with us. We'll find out a lot more about our Eagle team this Saturday. It looks like that game is going to be played against Louisiana Tech, which is good for Eagle fans. But, man, the, the West looks like you know some of those teams are, are getting better, and it concerns me a little bit. UTSA rushed for 330 yards uh, on their way to 499 yards in that 
double overtime win over Texas State. The big story across college football this weekend was the Sunbelt Conference. I mean, you might as well, this is an overstatement, I know I'm exaggerating, you might as well take the Big 12 out of the uh, out of the college football playoff and put the Sunbelt in. I know that's a ridiculous statement, but when you look at, uh, and this involves you personally, Kelly, you know, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns uh, going to Ames, they defeat Iowa State 31-14, to Arkansas State, on the road, defeats Kansas State in Manhattan. And then Coastal Carolina, I mean, they beat Kansas last year, but they go in and beat the Mad Hatter again, 38-23. Sunbelt went 3-0, and 5-3 and overall this weekend. And all of them on the road, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they were. And, yeah, but Coastal went into to, uh, to Lawrence. And, look, and, and let me tell you something about that Louisiana, Raging Cage, and Iowa State game. Louisiana, Iowa State didn't, didn't lose that game. Louisiana Lafayette won it in every facet. I mean, they, they were better than Iowa State. And, of course, being an Iowa State fan, they're kind of like the Bengals. Oh, this is their year. Yeah, right. And they always lose their first game to somebody they supposedly shouldn't lose to. But Lafayette, you know, won 11 games last year. And some of these guys who like to bet on these games at these casinos and stuff, they said, what do you, you know, the Iowa State's only given 11 to, to Louisiana Lafayette. I said, look, I'm a Cyclone fan, but you better take the cage. And most people took my advice, which, you know, good for them that, that they made out on that one. But, um, but Billy Napier, the coach at Lafayette, you know, in interviews afterwards, he said, look, my school has given, made a commitment to football. You know, his salary, I think, is in the million-dollar range, if not a million and a half dollars. They've got, you know, they put money in for their assistants. They've got, you know, a nice pool of money for their assistant coaches. They're recruiting better. Their facilities are getting better. Tell me the Sun Belt, and, and you and I and Bob have talked about this for two or three years. You know, at least, at least I've been a big proponent. I, I said, look out for the Sun Belt. This is a conference that's on the move. And, and you guys, I just, I just, the way I, I see it, I just don't see that Conference USA is a conference on the move. Um, when, when you think that South Alabama, who was supposed to be one of the weaker teams in the Sun Belt, comes to our place and wallops us like they did, and, you know, was supposedly the worst team in, in the Sun Belt, comes in and beats a, a pretty good supposed to be Southern Miss team. And then you take UTEP, who's supposed to be one of the weaker teams in Conference USA, goes and plays a Big 12 team and didn't even show up. You know, where those Sunbelt teams went to these Big 12 schools and beat them. Again, didn't luck into it. And and, um, Coach Blake Anderson, you know, was very emotional after that Arkansas State win, you know, at Kansas State. And so these Sunbelt teams, the Sunbelt Conference is on the move. Uh, We're in Conference USA. I know there's nothing we can do about that. But I just hope, in a perfect world, I'm hoping that Jeremy McLean, who has ties to the to the Sun Belt, can maybe you know work something to where we could go there, just from a geographic fit as well. And what I saw with Coastal and the same thing with Arkansas State, man, a lot of young, energetic coaches on on the the sideline. Man, I loved watching Coastal's defensive coordinator. I mean, he just had his big beard, and man, he was just going nuts. He reminded you of uh, you know some of the mid nineties Southern Miss defenses. But you know, another game I mentioned that Sun, the Sun Belt went five and three. They probably should have gone six and two because South Alabama was up twenty four to six. On Tulane, Keon Howard brought the wave back. Southern Miss seeing who they played and who they will play. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of felt maybe a little better about uh, Thursday a couple weeks ago because you go back in that game, Southern Miss still had a chance to win, but South Alabama, obviously, there is a huge difference between their 2019 team and their 2020 team. 
And, and look, confidence breeds confidence. We've talked about that before. I and mean, when South Alabama went on the road and beat Southern Miss, you know, in Hattiesburg, they were playing with a little bit of swagger. Now, Tulane, it took them a little while to get, you know, get on track. It was, it was the Green Wave's first game of the year. So they looked a little sluggish, and they looked a little uh, rusty in the first half. But, of course, had a fourth quarter uh, to pull that one out. So, um, you know, we'll see how Tulane's scheduled to come to Hattiesburg a week from Saturday. These next two, these next two games are going to be are going to be really tough for the Eagles and and you know Coach Walden and the changes that have taken place an 0 and 3 start though, ugh, boy you just you wouldn't want that to happen particularly with all three of them, all three of the games being at home. We uh, we heard in the press conference earlier today Scotty Walden uh, fully expecting this game to be played. That's what we heard from Jeremy McLean last week. Uh, I was kind of, you know, s- smiling a little earlier. Southern Miss opens as, as a three and a half point favorite in this one, Kelly. Yeah, Tech hasn't played, correct? They haven't played a game yet. Haven't played. Yeah, and and I think they, a lot of the things that they've been dealing with with their COVID outbreak. You know, two years ago they had the tornado come through. Now the hurricane comes through a month or so ago. Uh, they just those poor guys have got a lot on their plate. But I mean, if the game's being played, let's play to win, right? And it's a conference. It's a conference game. It's a Western Division game. It's one that the Eagles really need to win because they'll probably be an underdog against uh, against Tulane. Um, so this is this is a and of course the Tulane game is not a conference game, but still, just from a from a standpoint of uh, you know having a, to, to play for something toward the end of the season, you really need to get this one this Saturday. Right before the right before we go to break, uh, another thing Louisiana Tech has to deal with their athletics director Tommy McClellan the second been there since 2013. Earlier today, accepted the position of deputy athletic director for external affairs and revenue generation at Vanderbilt. So Louisiana Tech doesn't have an athletic director as of this moment. So uh, still looking to play the Bulldogs. Saturday night, looking like that will happen. Hoping that happens. We'll come back and talk about the Hoodats and a little more the Bengals. Bob's Redskins, I'm sorry, his Washington football team won over the weekend. Talk a little NFL right after this. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Last segment on this Monday of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. When you want to make your next vehicle purchase, let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you with it. Also tell you about DBAT and D1 Training. DBAT is a softball and baseball academy located in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street, right next to Best Buy in the old Gaddy Town. Great facilities. Right next door, D1 Training, an indoor 70-yard turf facility. Weights, free weights, a place for you to get into the best shape of your life. DBAT and D1 training on board with Eagle Hour, and we greatly appreciate that. Kelly Center continues with me uh, on the phone. And Kelly, looking at uh, NFL stuff yesterday, of course, we want to just 
mention in passing, Michael Morgan's Bears looked atrocious. I mean, atrocious. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was throwing behind people. He was basically just saying, hey, Lions, I play for you. I'm just wearing a, a Bears jersey. All that changed. Um, the Bears scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, and uh, poor rookie DeAndre Swift for the Lions. He dropped a touchdown with a couple seconds to go. But, yeah, the Bears find a way to win and uh, defeat the Lions yesterday. One of those teams like the Bengals. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And it's and it's not you know there aren't just those teams in 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 football. There's teams in baseball too. It's just a really weird phenomenon why some franchises just can't ever seem to get it together, and other franchises just can do no wrong. You know, and yeah, I, I was shocked when because I thought that game was over. I started on you know Direct TV. I was going around thinking, oh, that game's over, and then lo and behold, the Bears come back to win it. So uh, good for them. But there's going to be a lot of unhappy, you know, lions. This weekend. Meanwhile, Luke, I mean, I thought <clears throat> I thought the Saints looked terrific yesterday. Um, you know, we, we talked about how with the lack of preseason games that we expected play to be a little bit rusty. You know that there was going to be some timing issues and things like that. But all in all, um, you know, get your opinion on it. But I, I thought overall the quality of play was pretty good this weekend. Defense was was good. I, I really liked the defense. Um, the defense kept pressure on Tom Brady, and Davenport wasn't even playing. The, the one thing that concerned me, and, and Tampa Bay has a very, very good young defense. We couldn't run the ball at all. Murray, 15 uh, carries for 48 yards. Kamara, 12 carries for 16 yards. But again, Sean Payton adapting, getting people in space. Uh, Kamara looked every bit worth his contract of, of what he just got. Uh, Breeze, 18 of 30. And I, what I liked late in the game, they threw a double pass and just just, you know, having fun, and, and that's what I appreciate. The weirdest thing to me yesterday was no fans in the Superdome. And I know that's for anybody's team, but it was just really, really, really strange um, um, to me. I know uh, Bob Getty was was uh, smiling as Washington defeated Philadelphia yesterday. Ron Rivera got an IV treatment for his cancer at halftime. Unable to give the halftime speech, Kelly, and second-year quarterback Dwayne Haskins Jr. gives that speech. And I figure I feel like that was a big part of – of Washington yesterday, and if I call him the Redskins, sorry, Troy Aikman did it again yesterday. I'm still adjusting, but that was a big step for him as a quarterback, um, embracing uh, you know the team and stepping up in, in the head coach's uh, inability to do that. But yeah, Washington looked good defeating uh, division rival Philly yesterday. Yeah, the, the running joke is of course that Washington had an advantage over anybody who was playing yesterday because they're used to playing in front of no fans anyway. So it was you know that was <laughs> that was their regular routine. That's a good win for them. You know, that, that's a, a really good win. And just when you think that the New England Patriots are right for the picking, they go right back out there. And, and I know the Dolphins are not going to be world beaters this year, but they are improved. And New England, new quarterback, new just about everything, and go out there and win a game. So, and that's one of those franchises that's opposite of Detroit and Cincinnati. Everything uh, New England touches the gold. But I think you saw yesterday – and if you haven't said it out loud, you really start need to have in this discussion too. Tom Brady uh, is near the very end of his career. Let's just put it this way. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, because I, and I told people too. I said, look, if you if he had anything left in him, New England would have never gotten rid of him. Or would never have let him go. You know, because he's he, he he's made the, some throws yesterday where you were just like. Tom Brady doesn't miss throws like that. No, and, and, and some of it, some of it's the prep too. Every, 
you know, complaining about every call they didn't get, and it just it just wasn't, you know. It, that caller's not very good on him. I'm not talking about the Tampa Bay callers. I'm saying they're whining and complaining about pass yeah. interference calls he didn't get. I just want to encourage you. Joe Burrow went 9 of 11 on that last, or 10 of 12 on that last drive. And, you know, you, you were talking about Bengals defense um, look really good. So I just want to encourage you. We're about to uh, to sign off. I want to remind everybody, Hurricane Sal, or Sally is now a hurricane, looking like the winds may get over 100 miles an hour, possibly tonight or uh, tomorrow, a, at 90 miles an hour right now. So uh, be sure to listen uh, if you're listening to Super Talk to uh, News Mississippi, uh, check out your local um, weather. Just please, everybody, be safe. It's going to get a little windy and a whole lot of rain the next couple of days. Be safe. Uh, look out for your neighbors, and um, let's get through this thing. And Either way, we're going to be here tomorrow, and we'll be back. Kelly will be with me tomorrow. Get some people from Louisiana Tech on as we look forward to Southern Miss taking on the Bulldogs this coming Saturday. Great to have you on the Eagle Hour today. Great. Uh, thank you so much for listening in. We'll be back same time tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.